Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal, and I have with me today a very special guest, David Green. David, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we talked a little bit here and there on Twitter, so um, it was really great. Uh, I actually really enjoyed um, once you had said you'd want to come on. You know, I had seen, you know, some of your books and things like that on Twitter, but I went down a rat the other day on Goodreads <laughs> going into uh, some of your novels and things like that. So that's where I was saying before we started recording. I, I had to grab two of them right away. I was just like, that sounds like uh, my kind of novel. So I was uh, getting lost there on Kindle. But uh, I hope you guys do the same when you check out David's uh, Goodreads account. So uh, we'll get right uh, into that first question there, David. Uh, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? Um, very, very quick so far. It's kind of like it's a uh... It's you know I I started really writing properly in terms of trying to get published when the pandemic started, mm. um, so it's been it's all happened really really really, really fast, and it's last year is, is a bit of a blur really because like I wrote so much last year um, like novels, novellas, uh, short stories, anthologies. Um, I, I even did like a screen. I, I did a screenplay as well. For, adapted something for someone as well and did that. So I was just like last year I was just like. I'm just going to keep writing every single minute of every day that I can, but just because otherwise I'll go insane because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so that was basically it. So it's gone really, really quickly. And then like this year, it kind of settled down a little bit because um, the, the novels and stuff were getting released. So it was more like kind of um, focusing on the marketing and getting all that kind of stuff ready and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then writing the sequels, which is a uh, which is, you know, writing the first book in a series is 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 fun and it's you know challenging and, and what have you. But writing a sequel is a lot harder. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's great because you like you know the characters a lot more um, and you understand them a lot better and you understand the world a lot a lot more. But also, it's the tricky thing is um, I got because I have two series. One is going to be like I think five um, volumes and. Another one is a trilogy, and like I'm, I'm writing, the, I'm halfway through the second one at the moment, and it's just making sure that like the stakes are just as high or not higher. There's progression with the characters, there's progression world, but also there's actual something for them all to do. Like it's, it tells its own story at the same time, which is a funny thing because when I did the synopsis for it, I was showing it to um, uh, my publisher. They were like, "This is great, love where it's going, love this, this, and this," but you know, what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> What's the common story throughout throughout the whole thing, right? And it's like, oh yeah, I need to, you need to give them all like a focus or something, you know, just that that kind of as as well. Um, but yeah, it's fun because you know you're just learning all the time, learning on on the job sort of thing. And it's um, but it's great. Uh, I've done a lot of different jobs in my life, and this one is by far my favorite. That's fair. Uh, and you actually mentioned quite a few things in here um, that I didn't even think of uh, to ask, but like just curious, uh, I had seen a quote and I think I shared it on Twitter uh, with the podcast count yesterday, um, just talking about, you know, trying to get as many different mediums uh, as possible, you know, just in terms of different incomes and things like that. So I'm just curious with like the screenplay, like, um, you know, and things like that. And, the, you, you know, you obviously you said you had, you know, a, a novella as well. So um, would you say that uh, you know, those have been super helpful in terms of, you know, um, getting better as a writer? Would you say like, you know, th those were really challenging things? Because I always think of maybe I want to try and finish up this one short story, but I'm not the best at short stories. Um, so I just find that interesting. Did you find it easy to switch to screenplays and 
the novella or did you find it kind of difficult switching back and forth? Um, not, not so, not so much, but what I've noticed that, I mean, I, I, I know we'll, we'll probably get onto it a bit later on, but like I, the first thing that I properly wrote was a novel. Um, when I was writing a, a chapter a, a day and it was a completely different genre to what I read and also write otherwise. Uh, and then I started doing short stories mainly just to kind of get stuff published and kind of while I was working on some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've noticed after doing kind of more novels, because I do a bit of ghost writing as well, so I, I ghost oh. write novels for other people. Um, and what, what I've noticed is, is um, my short stories have become much bigger than they used to be i used to be very like well this is gonna be five thousand words and this this will be it and now i kind of you know a short story for me now is about eight thousand words like minimum uh, and like uh like i was writing i was writing a chapter in in the, the sequel to in solitude shadow the other day and i was really happy with how it came out and when i finished it i was like you know what i think this is my i'm, I'm very very self-critical and uh, but i was like you know what i think this might be the best writing I've ever done I think it's really really good and I kind of looked through it and I was like I was reading through it I was like man this chapter's really long it's really long. I was going through it's like this chapter's like 11,000 words I was like oh <laughs> so I was like what do I do I was like you know what I was going to leave it and then when it gets to the editing stage my editor can be like you know what this should be like two different chapters or whatever yeah, yeah. Even as it is. Um, so that is the danger of that is like you kind of because you pick up more things where it's like well you know um let's drill into this thing here and make this and then this, this and this and this. Whereas in a short story, you don't really need to do that a lot of the time, but it creeps into it a little bit when you're like, well, what's this person's motivation? What's this person about? What's this person about? What's this person about? Um, but then a lot of my short stories that I do, I do in horror because it, 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 there's not that same expectation as there is with fantasy where it's like with world building and everything like that. You know, you, you can do a lot of kind of, not not to disparage horror or anything, but a lot of times it's set in our world, so you don't have to, you know, you can say someone had a gun in the hand and you don't have to describe what a gun is because people know what it is, you know what I mean? Like, and if it's like a magical artefact, you have to kind of do some work on it to kind of let the, the reader know what it is. Um, in terms of screenplays, like um, I, I studied film at university, so um, I kind of dabbled doing that. A long time ago uh, and it was something that was you know I, I had some kind of interest in and it was a it's an adaptation of a book which was in which was um really helpful actually because it was one of those things it was like um how you kind of distill what the essence of this book is about in a like in a much much shorter form and one that hasn't got anywhere near as much detail and it also is more vi- visual and verbal um when we were talking about Wheel of Time before we started, and obviously that's got a TV show coming out, and you've got certain characters in that series like Perrin who are very, very internal, and a lot of their stuff is 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 thoughts and internal dialogue and what have you. And it's like, how do you, what do you do to um, get that out onto the screen? Because you can't just have someone sat there going, you know what, I feel really, really conflicted about violence, right? And this is the reason why I feel conflicted about it. You know, you have to do something that shows that and, and give them a reason for it. So that was um, that was helpful because I mean, you bring that into your own writing then as well when you're writing a book where it's like, you know, do I have to do an exposition bit here or is, is there another way that I can do this where it's like, you know, more organic? Yeah, I... I... There's a lot there, I think, to unpack. You said some just great things there. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think about that a lot um, because Brandon Sanderson talks about trying to, you know, 
um, write his own screenplays. And then finally he was like, okay, I'm going to have a friend teach me how to do it. Like, you know, and um, Dirk Ash and I talked about this too. I just, I think it's interesting because I think you can actually reverse engineer that, that same thing with like a screenplay and then, you know, think about it. So I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, common things there, but there's also different things that you can do where, you know, audiences are looking for different things. And I think you make a great point, like, especially like Wheel of Time, you know, like Heron, that, that, that is a very difficult one. Like, do you do a, a dream sequence? Do you, you know, do flashbacks, but you have to do something to, to cover that, that different amount of time. So mm -hmm. I think that's a, a really good point that you made there. Uh, yeah, I was just curious, because like I said, I, I had actually, my first novel, I was supposed to be a novella. I was like, oh, I'm just going to write 10,000 words. And then it turned into like this beast of 75K. And I was like, well, this isn't a novella, this is a novel. So yeah. <laughs> and then I had these other ideas, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what genres are you currently writing in? I Like I said, I looked at your Goodreads and fell down a rabbit hole. But uh, for our audience, yeah. uh, you know, what different genres are you writing in? And do you have a favorite genre that you're actually writing in right now? Yeah, well, my, my favorite is fantasy. Like it, it always has been. As, as a reader, it, 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 it has been um, since I was since the first time I read them, really, like, you know, I'm, I, I grew up in England, so, like, um, I was in the northwest of England, which is just, just around Manchester, which is just outside North Wales, so we were, like, kind of had a lot of um, Arthurian legends just around the corner, you know, um, so that, and I always class that as fantasy, even though there's, there may be some basis of truth in there, it's, it's fantasy, a lot of it, you know, Robin Hood, was just down the other was in the opposite direction in Sherwood Forest which wasn't too far away so you had that kind of influence growing up and then uh obviously you know as a young fantasy reader you you, you come across the Hobbit and you, you know get into Tolkien and and what have you so that was always uh that was always my favorite um and as a writer uh I always kind of um, when I first started I was like you know what I'm not going to do fantasy because it's really hard <laughs> I was like, I was like, I respect fantasy too much, and I don't think I'm good enough to actually actually do it. So I started doing like. So my first thing that I wrote was a, was it is a crime thriller. It's set mm -hmm. in 1940s Santa Monica, which is with a publisher. It's not out yet, but it's it's coming out next year, I think. Oh, cool. um, and it's uh, I, I'm a, I say I, I studied film at, at school, so like um, I love film noir, like the classic film noir. Well, a few of the neo noir ones as well. Um, but like you know, Chinatown and um, the Third Man and all the all this dialogue for murder and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then more recently, like L.A. Confidential, which I think is an absolutely brilliant film. Uh, so this was like my kind of like homage to that. And um, when I finished that, I was like, well, what what do I do now? Like I have this book that's just sat on my computer. Like what what should I do? So I was like, you know, I'll try and get something published. Um, like one thing. So I was like, um, I was like, uh, um. I'll, I'll do a few horror things because like, I, I like horror as well. Like, and I like horror books. So I was doing all those short stories and then a bit of sci-fi, but then every single time I wrote something, I was more fancy elements were coming into it. <laughs> uh, and I saw an anthology for um, the company that the publisher that uh, publishes a lot of my, my, uh, my things, which was a, a dark fantasy anthology. And I was like, you know what? I'll, 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 they were looking for novelette sized uh, stuff. So I was like, you know, eleven thousand words. Like, I can, I can try. I'll, I'll give it a go. And it got accepted. So I was like, right, I've got the book now. I'll, I'll do it. So that's, that's my thing. Like, you know, um, you know, dark, dark fantasy, epic fantasy. But then the other series that I have, the Nick Holleran one, uh, is like urban fantasy. 
which um, I'd never been a big reader of, but I, I love like the Hellblazer graphic novels. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, that had that great merge of like fantasy and horror that I really, really enjoyed. And then I became aware of the Dresden Files and I was like writing the first Nick Holleran book. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> so I'd seen a, a few, I'd seen a few videos by uh, Daniel Green about um, about Dresden where he was kind of up and down on them. But I was like, and I was writing this, uh, I was coming up with this world for Nick Holleran. I was like, this seems quite similar to, um, to Dresden. So I was like, right, I'll finish the first one and then I'll read the first Dresden book. So I, I finished uh, the original version of Dead Man Walking, sent it into a publisher and it got accepted. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to read the first Dresden book. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually what urban fantasy, personally, I think that's like what people want. Like, you know, there's, there's certain flavors and stuff, but like, I, I, I do think, you know, you get you get away, away with a lot more of the tropes being the same. Um, and, you know, people, I don't know, like I love the Iron Drew Chronicles. I love the Dresden Files. I love the Mercy Thompson series, um, Alpha and Omega by Patricia Briggs, too. There's just so many times where my buddy and I were just like sharing books back and forth. And he's like, they're, they're not that different <laughs> compared to <laughs> yeah, fantasy that we read. And I'm like, I don't know. I, it, it's like a comfort blanket, you know, like I, I like certain like uh, Eric Carter's uh, series is another one, you know, by Stephen Blackmore. That one, I think, is a little bit more different than normal. But yeah, I think I don't know. I think urban fantasy, I think people, people end up liking that personally. But. They do. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I really I mean, I ended up binging a lot of the Dresden books then until I had to kind of get back to work myself. And I, <laughs> I wrote a sequel to I wrote a sequel to Dead Man Walking um, and, ex and expanded the first one. Actually, we re-released it and expanded it and then um, oh, cool. did the sequel to it. And uh, and um, it's, it goes on its own path and it's a, it's a little bit different to, to Dresden and uh, different enough. Uh, but I remember uh, one person who uh, reviewed it sent me a message, sent me an email and they were like, I actually, they're like, I prefer it to it. They're like, it's kind of like Dresden, but I prefer it because... Uh, your Nick Holleran's not like really mis misogynistic. And I was like, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Like, that's he even good. says that's it, right? He says it like all the time. He's like, I don't misogynist, but you know. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that's what I was, I was saying to my publisher, which is just say it on the front, say it's, it's the Dresden Files with less misogyny. So it's like, you know, some people may not like that. Some people will. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> well, that's my friend the other day, like blew up in a, a private message me he's like i'm so because he was like reading the series i'm so tired of harry thinking that karen needs his yeah or murphy needs his help and i was yeah. just like well that's fair <laughs> she really doesn't but yeah um i'm actually uh, trying to get back to uh oh uh, deadbeat um after my next couple of reads it's i i, I kind of like i binged them like all within like the first like few there like whatever there's five or six like within like like maybe two and a half weeks <laughs> so mm -hmm. then I was like I needed to take a break by the time I got to dead feet so yeah yeah, yeah. it's one of those like it kind of gets that little I, I think what I think I want to summer night I think it is and it was just other one just before that one and it was kind of like it was treading its wheels a little yeah. bit because I, I was like I could see that there was something else on the horizon it was building so some of this but it became it started to get more like kind of epic fancy stuff was coming into it I was like yeah okay I, I see that that's cool but it was like, it was like we're just gonna do another 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 book. Not something you're familiar with. We're still gonna do. We're gonna do another one of those first. And it's like, come on, just just give me just give me this stuff that you're building up to. Oh, right? totally. So, I yeah. And I started getting in. I was like, mm, yeah. So I took. I decided to take a break, and I haven't gone back yet. But I just bought the 
you know, the two newest ones in paperback and I just feel like yeah. I need to actually get caught up now. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I um, talked to one of my friends who reviews books and we were like, we, I told him, um, you know, I wanted to, to do like a who's your favorite character episode or something like that. And I, I feel like I, you know, we're going to do spoiler alerts and things like that. Um, but we definitely wanted to, uh, to uh, do a video where everybody knew what was going on. So I told him, I was like, I'll get caught up and then, you know, we can work on that episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fun, yeah. Yeah. um oh cool uh so you already really answered number three so what genre you started writing first so that's really cool I did not know that um I guess I um that one to me is always really interesting um I was really more into science fiction at first and writing fiction so I totally agree with you like fantasy I, I ended up really loving fantasy um and I just thought like I am not worthy <laughs> you know to step in the shoes of some of these men and women um yeah, so I, I definitely understand that. So I think it's funny yeah, yeah. that I kind of have that in common. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's all, it's all, I mean, it's all hard, really, as well. That's, that's the thing that I kind of understood was that, like, you know, it's no matter what uh, genre that you're writing, it's it's all, none of it's easy, like, no, to go to a different one. Like, I'll just really, really briefly, I'll tell you this, like, little story that someone told me once. Um, there's an Irish writer called Ken Bruin who... Um, writes the Jack Taylor series that he's like, he's like this drunken detective from Galway, which is the, the town that I'm from. And like, they're not really popular in Ireland. They're, they're, they're quite popular, but in the States and the UK, they're, they're really big. And there's the Netflix TV series and everything about them. It was um, Jorah, uh, Sir Jorah from Game of Thrones is Jack Taylor. Oh, wow. Um, so like, they're, they're quite big. And he's been writing them, he's in his late 70s now, and he's been writing them since, he, since um, for like 40 years or something. And um I had like a, a short story in this uh, I, this this competition, which is bizarre because like I, there's not really a huge like speculative fiction scene in Ireland. It was all so it was all like very very literal literary fiction stuff, and I had my horror story in it as well. And he was one of the judges, and uh, so I had to go and, and, and read it. And uh, I was talking to him afterwards, and he was like, "I really enjoyed that." And I was like, "Thanks very much." And he was like, um, "He was like, do you get much people?" And I was like, "Like all oh, my stuff is like more popular." everywhere else and he was like yeah i'm the same and he was like um i'll say i'll tell you this he was like uh i got invited about 10 years ago to uh this festival in dublin this ken bruin and he was like um and uh i was like i got this sensation i was like they obviously have just seen my name in like the irish times on the on the sales list or something because they have no idea what I write, because it was like all this stuff about like papers on James Joyce and Oscar Wilde and all this kind of stuff, right? And then and then crime fiction writer Ken Bruin. So he, so he was like, I'll go along anyway. So he went along to it. And it was at the, it was at Trinity College in, in Dublin, and he was like at this thing, and they were all kind of like talking about James Joyce and Oscar Wilde and James Heaney and all this. And then um, he was talking about his Ken Bruin, but his Jack Taylor books. And then afterwards, the guy who was like the chair of it came up to him and was like, so, um, you know, how, how are these crime books working out for you? And he was like, well, you know, I've been writing full time for 30 years that, you know, I've sold 50 million copies worldwide or whatever, right? And all this kind of stuff. And the guy was like, like, you know what? I think I might try and write one of these crime novels. It seems like it'd be something easy to do, right? So Ken Broom was like, well, you know what? Once you've written it, come to my house and I'll read it for you and I'll tell you if it'll be published or not. So then he said like about a year later, there was like, like about nine o'clock at night one night there was a knock on his door and he opened it it was this guy with his manuscripts in his hands and he was like uh you know what this was harder than what I thought it was going to be but I, I've done it 
and he's like, well, you read it, and like he took the first page and read the first paragraph and was like, no one's ever going to publish this. Gave it back to him and closed the door and walked off. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot in that story. <laughs> that's like yeah. So it's like you know. So I think the thing is, like you know, the other the other thing that you don't write is always going to be is always challenging. There's always its own rules, and there's always its own kind of like expectations from the reader. And you could be like an amazing, uh, you know, literary fiction writer, but if you try and do fantasy, you're going to find it very very difficult. So it's so people like one of my favorite writers is Dan Simmons because he can just anything that he turns his mind to is just like you know the horror fantasy like that side hyperion which is an amazing amazing book like it's just it's just superb and it's like it's like he's a master at every single genre that he tries so it's like well how how does he do that you know i'm very jealous of people like that because like i was like kind of struggling well i was struggling with like finishing like my first fantasy novel and i was like oh, i'm just gonna do urban fantasy like that'd be that'd be easier you know because half the world's like our world and then i got into it and i was just like um i took like a snapchat of me just like banging my head against the wall and sent it to one of my <laughs> fantasy friends uh, who's an author and you know i was like how do you guys do this because like i can't i usually get stuck i've been asking you know like dirk and a couple of those people um you know and i've really been going into um, and like, we actually, I actually had tilled Holt the other day. Um, and I was, um, talking about like Northern wrath and, um, just like her process, like, um, was a lot different than mine. And like, I'm actually just stuck at the research process. Cause I got like a Valkyrie that like story I want to do. And I kind of want to do like an Avenger style, like urban fantasy where like three, mm-hmm. you know, I got like four heroes and there's a trilogy for each. And then you do like another one where they come together. Uh, and I thought it would always be really fun, but it was just so much more difficult than I thought. And I just like, <laughs> I was like, hats off to you guys. I talked to Kevin Hearn about it. I was just like, how? Like, you know, and a lot of those books aren't that thick compared to epic fantasy. But yeah, I feel like it, it is a different beast. And until you, you know, until you're in that person's shoes, you you really don't know. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's a it's a real. It's, it's kind of like you have to turn parts of your brain off and then activate other parts that you don't use. You know, like especially like if you write, write you know I, I obviously write different types of fantasy quite a lot so i have like the epic and, and urban and then you know other things and it's like i'll be writing something i'll be like no no you're writing this now you don't you don't need to do this right <laughs> you can just people won't expect it they, they don't they won't want to know like where this 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 signal this signal on, on, on a blade they don't care about it right it's just just describe it and move on yeah <laughs> That's it. So it's like, yeah, it's it's but it's fun though. It's good. It's like a it's like gym, it's like mental gymnastics every time you sit down to write. It's fantastic. No, I think you're totally right about that. And I like Valerie Kuhn and I had talked about, you know, like even within fantasy, right? You have people who have different flavors. Um we, we liken it to like wine tasting, right? Like if you like urban fantasy, maybe you like a red, and then you know, if you're, you know epic fantasy maybe like white wine like you know just like and people are very critical right about their their flavor of wine or their you know their vintage or whatever and to me it's it's very similar to science fiction and even urban fantasy and fantasy um but yeah i definitely think when you're writing in different genres it's yeah it's definitely hard because you're creating an entirely different product my friend said he goes it should be easy writing is writing and i'm just like have you ever written a book (laughs) like have you ever written a short story like it's it's 
definitely yeah. not as easy as it sounds. Like I've been doing it for 14 years. I got one book I, you know, I'm about to be done with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's tough. That's the thing as well. Like, you know, you get, you get a lot of people saying, you know, you don't want to do too many tropes, but also people expect certain tropes because that's what they go to look for a lot of times as well. And it's like, it's nice, it's nice to play with the tropes sometimes, but even when you're playing with a trope, you're still acknowledging it, that it exists in this subgenre that you've got, like, you know, and, um, you know, the tropes for, uh, I, I prefer to call them expectations than tropes. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, like, because I think trope is such a dirty word nowadays. It's like, avoid the trope of this, avoid this. But it's like, well, you know, the reader has an expectation of, of when, when they see, like, and uh, when they see, like, a, a Harry Dresden book and they see... Uh, even with Jim Butcher himself, you see his, but and you see the uh, the other ones that he does. The um, what's the, uh, the 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 epic fantasy series that oh he does? I, I have all three of them sitting on my shelf at school. I've had so many kids borrow them. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I like totally yeah. blank them. Well, like, you know, you see those covers, and you see the same the same name on it, but you'll have a completely different expectation of what's what's in it. You know what I mean? And you've got a as a writer, you've got to kind of manage that when you when you're writing it because like. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of people like, you know, who is this for? <laughs> you know, who's going to read this? No, it's it's totally true. It's going to really bug me that I can't. I tried looking up real quick to find it. Uh, one, yeah, of the, yeah. one of my girls picked it up and was like, she's like, this is so cool. And she had read um, Full Moon and a, and a couple other, the you know, the Dresden books. And it was just so funny to me how, like, she was saying that same thing. She was like, oh, I really didn't expect, you know, like, these things to be in this book. And I told her, I was like, well, what did you expect? And she was thinking it was just going to be like a straight, kind of like a straight epic fantasy. And she said, she's like, I felt like urban fantasy Pokemon <laughs> in like a Roman setting. <laughs> and I'm like, but isn't that so much cooler than what you're expecting? And she yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. oh, totally. Um, yeah. yeah, but she said, you know, there were still some of the same tropes, but I just thought like, oh, that's so cool. Like she was explaining to me. I was like, don't tell me too much. I was like, I want to read them. I don't know what the Dresden Files, but yeah. that's like the, the aeronauts win list too like i had a buddy just get done with that one and i picked it up just because it was a, a butcher you know book and i just thought that just sounds so cool and i read the blurb and you know the cover was cool and i was just thinking well actually you know i was looking at those the other ones too i'm just thinking like he's another one where i'm like okay are you going to be one of these people who's a chameleon and just you know writes everything really well <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he yeah. said the uh, aeronauts win list was really good so definitely have to yeah. check that one out soon yeah uh, so actually, we kind of talked about a little bit um, uh, already, but what advice would you give an author trying to break into a new genre? Um, you know, um, really kind of read the genre that you're, that you're going to be writing in. Uh, again, just because of that kind of expectations and everything. But also as well, like it, 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 like it depends if, you, if you're looking through it self-published or, or, or a small press, like in, in the indie world, um, really kind of immerse yourself in, in that in that world as well, like, you know, get involved in groups, get involved in, in, in all this kind of stuff, because it's, there's so many uh, different people that are trying to do the same thing that, that you're trying to do, right? And and um, the good thing is, is that you have a lot of people that have had, that have had a lot of ex, um, success or experience that are, are willing to share it if you get involved in, in these groups, you know, um, which is a great, uh, which is which is great because a lot of them don't need to do it because it's like you know what you know uh, I don't want to teach you my secrets, but a lot of them will will do it. So there's there's that kind of thing that that you'd have to do. But um, yeah, definitely read like really read what 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 it is that people 
um, are responding to at the moment. And, and that's not to say to write your book as like a spec list or like a checklist where it's like, well, this is popular at the moment, this is popular, this is popular. But it's also just to kind of make sure that you're um, not behind or, or, or doing something that's kind of like out of favor because then it's just, then it's just like, you know, you never, you're not going to get anywhere with it because like if you're looking to try and get it traditionally published through, through an agent or something, they'll be looking at it and be like, well, you know what, this, this might have been popular 10 years ago or, or whatever. And, um, you know, fantasy changes a lot. It's, it's changed a lot in the last 20 years, you know, and you've, you've had like, um, like the rise of Grimdark, which is like, um, it gets bigger and bigger all the time. And a lot of like the kind of real big fancy names now uh, are, are in Grimdark, like, you know, Joe Abercrombie and Mark Lawrence, Anna Smith-Spark as well, you know, that they're, they're all in that kind of field. Urban fancy is like very, very new in the last 10 years as well, really. Like, you know, it was, it was out before that, but really in the last 10 years, you see it, you see it everywhere. So it's, it's kind of just looking at what people are kind of reading, what they expect from from that these days. Like, you know, again, we talked about Wheel of Time before, and I, I mean, I do a Wheel of Time podcast with with someone, and we kind of look through it. And when we were talking about Eye of the World, the first one, we were like, you know what, this would we're both we're both fancy writers, and we'd be like, you know what, this would not get published as it is now. If someone came up with this, they sent this to an agent nowadays, and it was like completely different at that first book. It wouldn't get published anymore because it's, there's so many things in it that, that would be old-fashioned. Um, that people are told like that agents would be like, "Don't do this, don't do that," don't, and editors are like, "Don't do this anymore, don't do this anymore." Um, and then when you kind of like compare Brandon Sanderson's Wheel of Time books to even the last few of Robert Jordan's ones, the 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 you know the same characters and the same story, but it's completely different writing style. It's looked at different pace. Um, and Sanderson is someone who was like, you know, my big influence is Robert Jordan, but like he writes in a very, very different, more modern way than he did. No, I, I think that's totally true. And um, I've noticed too that, and I talked to Mary Kuhn about this yesterday in our part two interview is like, um, and I talked to Till Holt about this, like, you know, like, I think it's interesting to, and now for me, it's more fun to write different things. So I have a couple of things in my own fantasy world, but, um, I've noticed that like Dirk Ashton, like him and I talked about his books and, you know, it's kind of hard because they're, they're not really urban fantasy, but they're classified as urban fantasy, but they're not epic fantasy. And we talked about, you know, like, you know, I would personally consider them like mythological fantasy, um, which I really enjoy. And I had talked about, you know, doing more things like that. Like I had had like a, a Hercules story that I really want to do in modern day, um, you know, and some different things like that. And I just think it's interesting because, you know, you have different people. Um, like Son of the Storm is one of those, you know, where you have different people, you know, writing in the same genre. And then, you know, I think that's great advice that you said, like, you know, trying something new with it or, you know, staying up to date. Because, yeah, if you try and do epic fantasy and do one more chosen one or Luke Skywalker, no one's going to read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's the thing with the shows. And what, I mean, when we talked about before about tro uh, tropes or expectations, there is some that are kind of like, Ah, uh, yeah, you just just stay away, just stay away from that one altogether. Like you know, and uh, the chosen one is kind of one where people are kind of a little bit fed up with it. I think yeah. <laughs> overall, just because like you see it so much now, and it's like, uh, but you know, there's there's good ways to kind of tweak it as well, and kind of just do a different, uh, like you know, Joe Joe Abercrombie did the uh, a great kind of twist on um, 
chosen one and 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 the, and the quest sort of trope in uh, in the first two um uh, in the first in the first law trilogy you know the the, the first one because I don't know if you've read any of them no it's I got it. them all actually I am actually saving for yeah. a book club. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say any spoilers though but he does like he, he does a great kind of uh even to the point it's almost satire in some points, but that it still tells a great story of its own. It still has like, you know, great stakes and great, uh, great kind of action there from boys. It's, and it makes sense in the world that he has it in. But yeah, I, I think if you're going to do something that's kind of as well-worn as that now, like a chosen one kind of thing, you have to have something new to bring to the table. Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, like I was talking to a couple people about this, like for instance, like Stephen uh, Aaron's book, um, The Coward, you know, taking like that um, classic story of, um, I don't know if a lot of people have heard of it, um, but it was really popular the last few months when he had released it. And I grabbed a copy and I'm really excited to read it. And um, the blurb was really cool where it talks basically about like an adventuring party who like has a young like uh, person with him. And then like, he has the killing stroke um, for killing like the main villain. And then it's like, what happens after that? And then everybody expects him to be this like legendary hero. And then you find out it was actually like a mistake and he's right. like, this lie. And to yeah. me, like, that's so cool because again, you're taking like that classic story and, you know, really making it something different. And yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, I like those kind of stories personally, you know, like I, I like the unique, I'm, um, yeah, I've always been a huge DC comics guy, but Valiant to me has always been so much more interesting because it's like, you know, you get these, very interesting characters who have very very different um you know reasons for what they do and um i don't know like i think they do anti-heroes the best so i, I think that's influenced you know like yeah. the kind of books i like to read because they're not your everyday um marvel dc especially nowadays i feel like they're very similar on um, what mm -hmm. they try to do but valiant's always been uh, very specific and i like a lot of those indie comics too for that reason so i think yeah i think finding the uniqueness in a story like you were saying or you know even if you do it different you know in a different way could be the next thing but yeah, yeah nobody yeah. wants to do wheel of time again <laughs> right now no, so. yeah, no no not not right maybe in a few years maybe it'll come back yeah. again where it's like, we want this classic we want classic fancy back again you know, let's just uh, let's just do it all again <laughs> yeah it is funny right how i was talking to a couple people about that in a private message group and on discord is that like yeah everything comes back around yeah, yeah, like yeah, grimdark yeah. right grimdark is just robert e howard you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah like thomas covenant as well yeah yeah uh, yeah 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 which would be kind of one of my and i hated thomas covenant when i first read it I, well i read it as a kid i was kind of looking around not a kid but like an early teenager i was looking for more of the same you know what i mean from like you know what i'd always been, been reading and i was like this this one seems this one seems quite popular and i was like I hate this. What this guy is horrible. I, that's, uh, so I ended up finding Robin Hobb instead, and that was like a nice kind of more mature, but still like you know, uh, more more that I was in like you know comfortable with and everything. But it was like a step away. I was not ready for Thomas Covenant back when I was thirteen or fourteen or whatever it was. <laughs> I was talking to a buddy about that book the other day. Um he said the same thing he's like i tried reading i was like and he was like 15 or 16 he's like I, and he went back and read it and he was like now he's like astounded um yeah yeah he, he recommended yeah. me i think i tried too when i was probably i think my uncle tried hands me when i was about 15 and i was just like yeah this is not my cup of tea but now yeah. my days have changed a lot so 
think it'd be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I went back and read it when I was in my twenties, and I was like, all right, yeah, I get, I get this now. I get, I get what he's, uh, what what they were trying to, what he was trying to do with this. Uh, I get it. But um, no, man, when I was when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this guy is a horrible person. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't read about him anymore. Like he's. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot different now. Like my friend uh, Miles Hurt, like I started, uh, I just needed something new yesterday. And um, I started re I just like, I just was kind of staring at my other half, you know, read books. And I, I've been doing so many thieves lately, because um, I'm writing my own heist novel, I just like felt like I needed a break. So I started reading his first book, uh, Red Harvest Moon. And the first, you know, five pages, I'm like, God, his main character sucks. <laughs> like He's like a thief and all these things. But then by page 30 like I loved him and then I went back and I was like how did he do that <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. really interesting but yeah I definitely know that feeling mm. um so I'm definitely curious for the sixth question here how have you found marketing different genres um have you found some are easier than others any are more difficult are they all equally the same to to market or you know are there any tricks of the trade you've learned um I, I think uh, you know um I've not done any kind of horror novels or anything like that but the um from what i've seen from kind of like moving in those circles and doing a lot of kind of short stories and being in a lot of anthologies is that um horror readers are, are more willing to give people they've never heard of a chance right because it's kind of like they're a lot of the books are shorter but unless you're stephen king like you know that they're they're usually 300 pages or less or, or what have you and you know stephen king comes comes across with his thousand page book every couple of books every year like you know um but like they're also they're just they're always looking for that next and that, that next thing you know because the there the, a lot of them aren't series the, the the kind of one-offs or if it's a series it might be a you know two books a duology or a trilogy or whatever um so uh yeah and, and you know there's a lot more kind of horror anthologies than there is fancy anthologies so that you have those people that will read them and go okay i'm going to check out this person's work or this person's you know so you have that. Um, with fantasy, it's a little bit different because, like, you know, I think a lot of fantasy readers, um, because of just how we are, we, we want a series, you know. So it's and a lot of time is we want to, because I think we've we've all been burned before by, by yeah. certain people like Patrick Rothfuss and <laughs> other people where it's like, you know, is this series ever going to end or is there an end point in this one? So, like, you know, we are you going to finish this series for us to read uh, that we started and we've been waiting for 11 years for the next book? <laughs> but um, anyway, you could, you could do your own podcast on the, on Patrick Rothfuss and everyone. <laughs> my, my friend got really upset with him and George the other day, so we might have to do like a... a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, as he calls yeah. it, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I think the thing is with a lot of fancy readers is that like, you know, if they don't know who you are, you've got no track record, they want to see um they want to see that you you've you're gonna commit to this, you know, if you release a book and it's like book one of the of this series and it's gonna be like four or five, six books, like they they the the more likely to 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 pick it up once there's all the books are out. Um, or you're a good way through it and you've got that kind of uh, they can look at it and go okay well you know the first book came out in 2019 and they're already up to book five because they're releasing them very very quickly you know um, which is what, one of the things in indie fancy now is that the rapid release where it's like you know I book every three months or every six months just because they want to keep that momentum up um, 
Yeah, uh, so there's there's that, and, and and size comes into it as well, which is a weird thing. Like you know, uh, with like the, the 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 bigger the page count, the better in a lot of ways. Because up until up until a certain point, I think again, if you're um, someone no one's ever heard of, and you brought out like a 900 page book, it might, you might not get a lot of people picking it up. But you know, if you fancy readers want 400 500 pages. Um, because they want that world building and they want that kind of you know more time that's spent developing the place and the characters and on all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of there's a lot to it fancy is really really tricky to kind of market um and again as well as like covers are so important because a lot of people do the same thing with covers um like with, with mine it was i was very very uh my, my uh, dark fantasy empire of ruin uh the first one in solitude shadow i was very uh really wanted to get a certain it's, it's a it's a it's an ensemble cast like so you know it's, it's more multiple pov but kind of like one of the main characters is, is a character called colleen who is um who is a is a person of color and like you know obviously she's female as well and i was very very keen to have her on the cover um because it's you know uh it's it's She's the heart and soul of the story, so it made sense to have her on it as well. But also, it's very usually on the front cover of a fancy book. It's either a, a white male, and very very rarely it's a white female, right? And then in urban fancy, it's more often it can be like you know white females, but it's always generally white people on the front of them. And it was like, um, you know, let's try and do something a little bit different just to kind of stand out with the cover and. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. Like there's, we're fun, and not again, not to kind of be like disparaging towards other, other genres, but I just think um, fancy readers really know what they want and they know what they like, um, and they. Uh, it's it's not just like a, a one and a one and done in fantasy. It's like if you're getting a book, it's like this is a commitment that I'm going to read at least two or three of these, um, because that's what fantasy readers do. Uh, like again, we were talking about the Wheel of Time and Malazan before, and you get people that will read the first six or seven of them before they make a decision if they're going to continue or not. Right? You, you don't really do that with with crime books or with or with horror books, and you know, especially with crime books. Like my 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 wife is a big fan of Jack Reacher books. She loves them, but like she doesn't read them all. She'll just like you know, she'll pick up one of them that's like might be the newest one, then the next one she'll get will be one that came out six years ago. And it doesn't matter to her. Like you know, she just reads them as they come yeah. like that. Whereas a fancy reader, it's like I need this one. This one comes next, and then and then I'm gonna get the new one. I'm gonna get this one and this one and this one. Like it's a it's a real commitment, and that's a lot of things that you have to really kind of bear in mind when you're planning your marketing and your release. Well, I think that's great advice. And I do have to say, In Solitude Shadow has to be one of my uh, favorite covers for you. Um, I saw that one. I believe when you were marketing that one, I think that's when you popped up on um, Twitter for me. It's like somebody had retweeted it. And I was just like, follow that author. And I went right away and <laughs> added it to Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's yeah. nice. I mean, I think that the sequel, the sequel's coming out. I think that's a, I even, I think that's a better cover again. But like, I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit. I mean, it's again, it's, it's it threads that line where it's familiar but a little bit different. Um, so uh, yeah, it's but it's tricky. It's like you don't want to go too far in either direction, right? <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm. Um, I actually have a friend of mine, Jeremy Adams of Inbay, has this uh, second to check him out. Um, he's a, a just absolutely amazing uh, digital painter, um, 
and last year he had um, did like three different co uh, covers for people. One was Cloudbirds. Um, another one was, um, oh, I'm totally blank now. I've been trying to get the author to come on for a while. Um, but yeah, he's got some really just amazing artwork. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how to get somebody with a classic feel, but also, you know, a little bit updated. Um, so I was looking at some people and I ended up just stumbling on upon him on ArtStation and then I checked him out on Twitter. Um, but him and I have talked about, you know, quite a few times, like, you know, what, what do we want to do? I definitely want to do something with my thieves on like the top of this tower where they're at. And it's like a pivotal part of the book. Um, but yeah, we're trying to, <laughs> trying to kind of walk through it and it's hard, right? You just have to, you're like, is this what people are going to enjoy or, you know, is it, um, you know, cause again, I, like you're saying, like, there's just so many different tastes in fantasy, but, you know, you hope that, you know, you know, your genre well enough, you know, where you can, you know, you pick the yeah. right advertises the book, but. Yeah, that's it. Well, a lot of it then it comes down to luck as well. Yeah. Well, that's like, um, like not, not to, you know, not, not to say like luck, like, you know, um, was like the key factor there, but, you know, you look at a guy like Will White, and Will just gives me hope, man, because <laughs> I listen to his, you know, um, uh, just beginning story and stuff a lot on Wizards, Warriors, and Words with Mike Fletcher, uh, Jed Hearn, Rob J. Hayes, um, and Dirk Ashton. And I've listened to a couple of his episodes like over and over again and a couple other interviews he's done. And he's just so funny because he's like, yeah, it was luck. And, you know, here I've already bought like the first three Cradle books because my friend was like, these are your books. Like, you you're going to love right. them. And I have so many people, but like, it's funny to hear, you know, him talk about luck. He's like, oh, you know, like I, you know, went and sold like, you know, like a hundred copies of people I knew. And then the next thing I know is like, you know, seven days later, I just got lucky and then everybody shared it. And all of a sudden there's all these sales. And it, it is funny though, you know, how a couple of people I do know, I don't think that was really his case. I think he was just kind of, you know, telling a story, but I do know some people, you know, where it was like one person shared, you know, their you know, book coming out at the right time. And all of a sudden it's just like, you know, snap and everybody was reading yeah. the book. So. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the look of it's, it is like, it's one of those just the right, right moment, right time. Like I, I've had a few people review in solitude, in solitude shadow and I'm liking it very well to Brandon Sanderson stuff. And when they've tweeted the review, they've, they've tagged Brandon Sanderson in it. And it could just be one of those moments where like he might just be on his computer or on his phone on Twitter and it comes up and he looks at it and just retweets it or just likes it or comments and that could snowball, right? And that would just be that that just one second of what, you know, it's one of those yeah. things that could happen. You know, and it's that's happened with other people. Like, you know, I know um, some horror writers where like Stephen King has like commented on something that they've been tagged in where someone's reviewed it. So this is like a young Stephen King or whatever. And like loads of people have just gone and bought it because he's commented on it and people have seen it. And it's just, it's just one of those things, like, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just however way you can get it in people's hands is, is the way to do it, right? If you know yeah. someone who's famous, then just pester them. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I because we mentioned Stephen King a couple of times, I have to say that he has the coolest description in his profile on Twitter, at least he used to. And it was the most, like, goat thing, like, greatest of all time I've ever seen. And it was, like... You know, I look under his name, it's like Stephen King, and then goes, You know who I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows like, who is, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. It was super yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. I do think you're right, though. It, you know, it just, you know, and a lot of people do talk about that. I feel like, you know, on different podcasts or, you know, who I talk to personally, where they're like, Yeah, I just got lucky with the time of day or the, you know, the release or, you know, mm -hmm. people were just, 
you know, book bulb or, you know, whatever was just popping, you know, then bam, 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 bam. So I think the, the main thing everybody has said on here is just keep plugging away, which I definitely agree with. So, so yeah. And we need to all make really famous friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we talked a little bit, right, you know, about Stephen King, Wheel of Time and things like that. Um, but what are some books or who are some authors that you would recommend uh, for our audience, really, in any genre? Um, yeah, so like, uh, it's kind of like to give some light on to kind of indie writers, because obviously I think the big guys don't really don't really need as much of, as, a, as a push anymore. Um, although I would say that, um, you know, if we, we talked about Summer's Covenant before and about like, you know, unlikable um, <laughs> unlikable protagonists um mark lawrence uh does his prince of fawn series is is, is really good for for, for um his, his main character george is like um he would be the villain in many other in many other oh books. yeah he's, he's a despicable person but you actually like him and you're rooting for him for for, for most of the trilogy uh and so he does that really really well that um first chapter <laughs> that first yeah, chapter, yeah. I was just like, "Holy moly!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and even when you get to the ending of that one, I, I, was, I was talking to a, I was talking to Anna Smith Spark about it at a convention there recently, and because she's a big uh, fan of uh, Matt Lawrence, and she was like saying that you know, the final kind of chapter, she she went when you finally realised like what had happened to her, to George, and the, what what is what his future held and everything she was like you you bastard it's <laughs> like you know and even though this is like a really bad horrible person like and he's you know he makes no bones about it he's you know he's he's george himself is like you know yeah i'm a, I'm a terrible person yeah. you know, he has he has bad things that have happened to him as well which like you know um have kind of molded in that kind of way which are explored really really well um but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great that you kind of like when it comes to the end, you kind of like oh, you know what I, I kind of wish it had gone a different kind of way or, or what have you, you know. Um, but in in a, in terms of um, indie writers, uh, one of my favourite ones that I discovered this year is uh, Rachel Renner, who does um, who did the uh, Lightning series, um, and she also did a, a, a great urban fact. It's a real genre mashup, um, but like kind of urban fantasy called the girl. That, who talks to ashes she's a really really great writer and um cf wellburn who did the ashen levels series which are really really good the kind of um the very light uh very light uh lit rpg elements to them mm, cool. and there's, a, there's, a, there's five books in the series and they're, they're, they're quite kind of all kind of short reads but like the, the his prose is like fantastic but um they're really really good exploration of like very uh gray characters on every single side like there's it's a really it's a world where there's no good or evil people it's just people that are just doing things to kind of um have a better life or to find answers in, in the life and um and, and it's like if you've played video games at all like especially dark souls um you'll see like a, an inspiration from from dark souls in, in particular oh, in, in the books, uh, but they're they're really really good. So they're called the Ashen Levels, um, and uh, yeah, Balagir is the uh, is the main character, and he's uh, he's a really really good main character. Is uh, and you, you can get through one a book every couple of days, which is which is great as well if you don't have a lot of time to read. Um, 
yeah, he's he's a, a one that I enjoy a lot. Um, and then let's see, again, a third one. Let's see. I did. I, I wasn't. I was. I was going to talk about Wheel of Time, but I was like, you know what? I won't talk about Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who else has I really enjoyed this year? Probably going to get plugged a lot in the next couple of days. So. <laughs> probably yeah, Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson don't need my help anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, who do I? They got Amazon for? money, so. Amazon money, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, not to go indie route. The the, the Witcher is um is uh the the Witcher are great. You know, the Witcher series are really good. And, and uh, you know, again, being being a gamer, like um, I love like Witcher Three is probably one one of the my favorite video games of all time. Like it's 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 brilliant. Um, and the series is good on Netflix as well, but like the books, being the European, uh, and like you know, haven't seen having an interest in kind of Eastern European like Slavic legends and 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 myth, myths and everything, which kind of bleed over to like a lot of like uh, you know, they, they do bleed to the West, you know, you have like um, uh, like the Wendigos, the like you know, popular American, uh. Beast, you know they they have a they have a Eastern European equivalent as well, you know, oh, cool. um, that have been around for like you know the the Leshen is like kind of like that similar enough, and you know the Witcher explores all that kind of stuff, and it has that very kind of fairy tale like twisted fairy tale thing that like the, the brothers Grimm were doing, you know, and and this is like taken up to another level, and I think there are if people haven't checked them out and have just checked out the video game or the TV series. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to kind of really love in those books. Um, they're probably not what you'd be expecting either. Like that, you know, they're um, they say they're the very kind of fairy tale like, but dark, dark, twisted fairy tale. And um, uh, yeah, I'd really kind of recommend people check those out. Yeah, those are great. I I do want to tell the audience. Um, you know, book one is a collection of shorter stories that are mm-hmm. still amazing. Um, but really, you know, with uh, book two, it really picks up. I'm actually about to start book two. Uh, with oh, yeah. Nine. Yeah. But I, I love book one. I my friend warned me and I was like, I don't care. And I read like the first short story in it. And I was just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> and then when I found out there were so many others, I was just like, this is awesome. I probably got through that first book of short stories, like maybe like a day and a half. It was yeah, it was definitely like my cup of tea. It was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking good. forward to finishing that series up personally. Yeah, yeah. All right, perfect. Well, those are some great recommendations. Really appreciate that. So I'll be putting them, like I said. Uh, oh, for our audience, I didn't mention yet. I don't think um, while we're recording, but by the time you see this, I will have um, everybody's recommendations up on our website. Uh, so you go ahead and take a look at David's episode here, um, some of his books, and then we're actually going to right underneath put. Um, his recommendations. So make sure you guys, when you're listening, go to my website and check that out. You can find it um, right through the Twitter uh, and any social media page where, you know, you find uh, the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast or me, Daniel Kubal. Uh, So that way we can get you right to all these uh, guys and gals, great recommendations. Uh, So do you have any promos, news updates, any new projects, things like that you're working on, David? Uh, Just work on sequels in a minute. I mean, I just, I'll just, I'll just show these these two. These are like the thing. Oh, my thing's blurred. So let me see if I can get this uh, solitude shadow there. Whoa, can I get that off? Maybe I'll turn the blur off. One second. That'd be a good idea. <laughs> I didn't even realize the blur was on properly then. I thought it was like, if my glasses is not working. <laughs> there we go. So this is solitude shadow. So I'm working on the sequel to this one at the moment. The sequel is called Path of War. 
and uh, that is going to be out in June 2022, which sounds like it's very far flung into the future. It's kind of scary. <laughs> uh, and this one, this is my latest release. This is the, uh, it's called the Helen, <clears throat> Helen Haven series, uh, Nick Holleran, uh, Urban Fantasy. So this is uh, actually book one and two combined together. So it's called The Devil Walks in Blood. And then um, the kind of the, the hook for this one is basically uh, he's a uh, Nick Holleran. He's a, a grunt uh, 90s music uh, lover from uh, a place near Portland in the States in a, in a city called Haven. Uh, and he uh, is a private detective who gets killed in the first line of the first book. Um, so it's not a spoiler to say so because it's literally on the, on the book. He's <laughs> dead. Uh, but he gets, he, his body is leaving, his spirit is leaving his body, and he sees that heaven is real when he's going up. He sees the light coming down, but then he gets resuscitated and brought back into his body. And when he does, he realizes that hell is real as well, but we all live in hell. Like all the humans mm. are alongside demons, ghosts. Um, fallen angels uh cthulhu dagon worshippers like everything is just there in this in this hellscape um of what is earth basically so he um when realizing that heaven is really wants to get a ticket back into heaven when he when he when he dies but he also wants to figure out what the hell is going on and why things were the way they are so it's a very kind of like fast-paced pulpy Kind of uh, John Wick means meets Hellblazer kind of uh, kind of thing, and um, it's really really a lot of fun to write. So once I finish the sequel to Path of War, there'll be a sequel to um, to The Devil Walks in Blood, which is called One Life Left, which is a uh, I'm kind of looking forward to to getting back into that one because Nick. I mean, I love what writing Empire of Ruin as well, and that's really a big kind of passion project for me because it's like. Um, just getting it just just right and just getting everything just just right in there and just you know really really deliberating over like certain things it's like multi multi character <laughs> and multi POV and making sure everything just sets the right way but then I go back to Nick Holleran and like Nick is just basically an American version of me he's very very similar so it's just like what would I do in this situation and uh it's just all from his point of view and it's just like very very just like pulpy and a little bit like it's a nice palate cleanser um to write so yeah and it's a lot of fun to read apparently as well people really like it so yeah i've seen some really great reviews and i i think if anybody on this you know podcast needs anything other than what you said john wick meets hellblazer you need to get out take the door and find a different <laughs> podcast because if you need more than that i don't know what to tell you so. <laughs> But great you should you should change that to the the blurb john week yes hellblazer that's Man, i think the, that's the blurb, awesome. blurb for that one we, we, we went back and see on that one a lot of times it's like what well, how do we describe this and i was like you know what let's just tell them what happens straight away so people know like that was the thing with all the first time we're doing the blurb for it we're like should we keep it like a secret and it's like no because it's like it's literally in the first line of the book <laughs> And I, honestly, I, I feel like if I like, like you describing that, like, if that's your blurb to me personally, that's more interesting. I'm like, okay, like that immediately grabs my attention and mm. immediately to me adds a whole different, um, you know, depth to the story, like already. So for me, I'm just like, because when I actually went to it, I was like, oh, cool. That sounds really awesome. Um, and that was one of the first things that I noticed. Um, you know, so for me, that was definitely, that was a selling point personally. 
yeah, yeah. Lawyer, so. it's, it's, it's as much as part of like you know the, it's important for the world and what i did for that sorry just to go on no 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 please please that's but, why you're uh, here <laughs> yeah what, what, what i did with that one was um so the the, the pro, that's the pro the prologue is is in basically dying and then of the first book so the first book is dead man walking second book is devil walks in blood and they're both together in this one and um the prologue is just basically him dying at the start and then realizing like you know what 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 reality is and then it skips forward five years mm. so like he's already been doing this job for five years and he's kind of got his feet under the table so that i'm not like just like just regaling like and so this is the, the shock of this and the shock of this and the shock of this so he's kind of like holding the reader's hand a little bit and explaining things to them so like he already knows these things and he's already been around a bit and that was where the kind of john wick influence came in because you know with, with john wick how like he's a uh, comes out of retirement in the first film and he's like goes back to the continental and everyone's like oh hey john how's it going you know what everyone knows him already and yeah. it's like this living breathing world uh, so that was like the, the inspiration for that where it's like you know I want to do that where it's like I didn't want to do Harry Potter where it's like Harry's just shocked by every single thing that he comes across and everything has to be explained to him and everything has to be this and this and this so it was like I'll give him some level of competency at the start before I reveal this other thing that's going on which is kind of like gonna knock him off his feet a little bit um, but I wanted him to have, kind of have like and that's where that's where the the Dresden similarities came when I went back and read the first Dresden one. I was like, oh, well, he's not at the beginning of his journey, he's midway through it um, already. When, and, and Nick's the same, but I, I can live with that, you know. No, yeah, yeah. I do think it's hard because I was thinking about mine. I was like trying to do at the start of someone's journey, and I was like, God, this is so much harder than just like plopping them in a, a Dresden situation and then being able to go back or forward um so yeah I, I definitely I definitely understand that grief and <laughs> like probably about to do the same thing myself with my first urban fantasy so yeah, yeah. well I really look forward to I'm trying to think if I might have actually grabbed that one on Kindle too I can't remember I know in um in Solitude Shadow that was one of the ones I grabbed and I'm totally blanking on which one of your other books I grabbed for Kindle so I have to take a look and then once I review I'll, I'll there's, post it yeah, there's, a, there's a few of them there's a few there's a, there's a few short ones you know um, but there's, there's some, there's some there. <laughs> <laughs> got a few, got a few. <laughs> a few, a few. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know, I had nothing to do last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, David, thank you so much. You know, we want to, you know, thank you for, you know, coming on to the show. And, you know, like I said, I've been talking, I like to talk to people in person or, you know, in person, um, you know, on Zoom and things like that for the podcast I've talked to on Twitter. So it was great to have you on. Uh, love to have you back in the future, you know, particularly, you know, when you, you know, especially helping you with different promos and things like that in the future. Um, for our audience, you know, once again, want to thank you guys for coming on for the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. Um, David's video here is going to be on YouTube. Uh, we'll also be sharing it on Twitter and Facebook. And the audio is on Spotify. Thanks to my best friend uh, who got that going, our tech guy, David. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us at scholarsofuma, that's U-M-A, at gmail.com. Uh, let me know if you have any questions for David, any comments, if you love, you know, one of his books or something like that, I'd love to pass those on to different authors. Uh, so please feel free to email me there. Um, if you guys have anybody you want to see in the future, uh, things like that, any questions for future guests, uh, if you have any pictures or videos that are fantasy sci-fi related, um, make sure you send those as well. David, again, really want to thank you for coming on. Um, you know, good luck with everything in the near future. And hopefully I'll talk to you on Twitter uh, soon, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And anytime, yeah, it's been a blast.
Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, I'll be sending you the calendar. That way you'll know when this is going to be posted and we can both share. So I hope you have a good rest of the day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Have a good one. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.